0: First reading is from Psalm 118. Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. The Lord is God, and he has made his light shine on us. With bows in hand, join in the festal procession up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Second reading is from Mark 11. Listen to what the Spirit has to say to us today. When they were approaching Jerusalem at Bethphage and Bethany, near the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples and said to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden, and tie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Just say this, The Lord needs it and we'll send it back here immediately. They went away and found a colt tied near a door outside in the street, and they were untying it. Some of the bystanders said to them, what are you doing untying the colt? They told them what Jesus had said, and they allowed them to take it. Then they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road and others spread leafy branches and they had cut in the, in the fields. Then those who went ahead and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest. Then he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the 12. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Holy God, we give you thanks for Jesus' entry into Jerusalem and the story of triumph through vulnerability the story of love through brokenness, the story of transformation through the willingness of one man to show that a life is worth giving. Help us today as we listen to these words, these uh, stories of celebration but also of great fear to enter into those places in our world where there's great potential but also great fear. We pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, the one who comes in the name of the Lord, amen. Jerusalem today is the focus for me. Uh, Recently in the news, we've been hearing about Jerusalem, current day Jerusalem, and the shift in U.S. policy to proclaim Jerusalem as the capital of Israel instead of Tel Aviv. And that shift has caused a lot of uh, turmoil, especially in the Middle East. That's been a contested city. Uh, It's been seen as a city that is divided for three religions, two groups of people, two ethnic groups, uh, the Palestinians and the Jews sharing, uh, the Israelis sharing the city as a place where it is not a capital, uh, but as a place where all these cultures come together and claim their different holy sites. Each religion has a special claim on the city. And if you've ever gone to Jerusalem, you would see there, were, there are different gates and different quarters of the city that are divided based on uh, religion and ethnicity. So today, when we think of that and the division that's happening uh, right now, I think of also the long history of conflict that has been part of that city. And the city itself, the name Jerusalem, in Hebrew means to see peace, to see peace from the word shalom. So this is a city that's got the promise of peace, and in Arabic, the word for it is al-Quds, which means holy. So this city is supposed to be a city of peace, also a city of holiness. And both are kind of the visions of the city, but the realities, when we think about them, when we see them, are far away from those visions. And it seems like no matter what uh, administration or what power is ruling in that part of the world, Jerusalem has continued to be a place of great conflict and turmoil. And so today I want to invite us to think about Jerusalem as a metaphor for life, for our lives. When you think about the promise of peace, of hope, that we all have in our own lives, when we think of life and the potential of peace, but also the realities of brokenness that we all experience in our world, but also in our own lives. Think of that image of Jerusalem. And today I want to invite you to take a virtual or a metaphorical journey into Jerusalem, in your own life, or in the life of the world, to think of those places where there's great potential for peace and hope, but also there are realities of brokenness, and to see that the only way to really reach that peace that God promises is to go through those times of brokenness or those places of deep suffering and pain and to allow the spirit to transform them. Now this wisdom is really tough for us when we think about it, uh, when we reflect on our own experiences and to look at Jesus as the example. Holy Week uh, is really a a very big celebration in the Middle East. I know uh, Easter tends to be a big in terms of the day of celebration, but Holy Week is really significant because it leads us to the time when Jesus sits with his disciples and shares that last meal. And that's where communion comes from for us. But then also the betrayal, the suffering, all of what he has taught comes to an end. And then there's the cross on Friday. And most of us would rather skip over the cross but how could we get to the resurrection without the vulnerability of the cross, the pain, the suffering? We would miss out on the whole message of Jesus. If we go today thinking only of Palm Sunday, he entered into Jerusalem and there was a celebration, and next Sunday you show up and you don't visit those stories of brokenness. Oh, he's resurrected, okay, it's all done, it's great. You miss out on the, on the importance and the meaning of Easter. So today I want to invite us to visit that place of brokenness from the perspective of Jesus and to think how the city must have seen many, many parades. Uh, David and others, uh, even Pilate must have gone into a parade, especially around the holiday of Passover, remembering uh, the time for the Jews when they proclaimed uh, the hope of freedom. That was in the this, in this story of the exodus from slavery in Egypt, so here you know they 're expecting this messiah, this someone that 's going to come and save them, but every time people have expected a Messiah, what did they expect? They expected a military leader, someone who's going to come with an army, someone who 's going to become a revolutionary, if you will, a revolution with arms, someone who 's going to uh, put an end to the rule of whatever group was ruling and bring the glory of King David back to Israel. So that's, that was the vision, that was the dominant vision. So Jesus is working against some odds here. You know, they, people were expecting certain things from him, from his role as the Messiah. So he comes in and he's really very intentional to, to show them that's not the kind of Messiah he was. That is not the way he saw the transformation of the world happening. So he comes riding on a donkey. As I mentioned to the children, uh, donkeys are plentiful in the Middle East. Um, you know, they're often maligned. If you want to insult somebody, you would call them a donkey. I know that sounds very strange to our American ears, but in the Middle East, donkeys are seen as kind of uh, animals not with great intelligence, and they, they are seen as also you know, service animals, the animals that help people uh, do transportation or carry um, you know, things uh, to from the market, from the field to the market, or for basic purposes of life, and until this day, donkeys are pretty uh, plentiful and still being used for farming. So Jesus takes this very common a- animal, very common animal, and if you think of a parade, a military parade, what would you expect? A horse, at, at the least, you know. They didn't, of course, have a limo or whatever, the pope mobile or those big things that people would would have, but they had this tradition of having people come on a big horse, you know, something that would show off power, but here's Jesus very intentional and, and, and Mark spends several verses explaining to us that Jesus really wanted a donkey. So he set that up with the people and, you know, ahead of time to. and then when he sent the disciples to get the donkey they had to say specifically what he, what he had agreed on with these people so they would get the donkey. Again the imagery is very powerful for the people. They're expecting a Messiah and here he comes riding a donkey, and it's a makeshift parade. We tend to think that they really had prepared for this parade, but they grabbed whatever branches they could find. They took the cloaks uh, off their backs and threw them on the ground. So it wasn't wasn't a parade in the sense that somebody prepared and had floats and had things happening and prepared ahead of time. This was an impromptu kind of event, that Jesus came into the city And then it's interesting, he goes into the temple and he doesn't do much, just looks around and walks out. And then he goes back to Bethany, doesn't stay in Jerusalem. So a lot of imagery in this story for us to think about vulnerability and brokenness as the way of Jesus, love, self-giving, not power, not control, not military, none of these things that the people would think would bring peace. See, the peace that Jesus was bringing was peace that would be coming with justice, with love, where where communities care for one another, where people give up their control and really find ways to serve and to think of their lives not as first, but as last. And think about how that would play out today if we, Imagine, I'm not, I'm not picking on any, any political leaders. This, is, this could apply to any time, any place. If you think about it, if we had the president come to town, and the president decides to ride on a bicycle, just not big thing, or no, no secret service, nothing, and what would we think? Crazy, what? You're the president, you have all this power, you should be coming in with a lot of, you know, I mean, the, with the whole town would be shut down it's a big deal. And that's not what Jesus was trying to do. He was trying to do the total opposite, show a totally different kind of leadership. And it doesn't sit very well with us because we have a hard time with that kind of leadership. We don't, how many of you like feeling vulnerable? Raise your hand. Nobody. Nobody likes that feeling of vulnerability. You know, you we get taught, you know, chin up. Don't do this or don't don't show people your don't cry in public. Uh, a lot of different messages we learn from childhood uh, that it's not okay to show deep feelings and we f- we feel like, okay, all right, I got to I got to wait until I get home and cry or I got to just suppress those feelings or whatever is going on. Or if I say to people that I struggle with this or that, then they'll judge me, and so therefore I'm not gonna tell them, I'm gonna pretend to be the total opposite of that. All of us, or if somebody dies in your family and you're really struggling with grief, how many of you have had that? And you, and you feel like, oh, what's the matter with me? So-and-so's husband died and they were just fine. Look at them, they're going about life and everything and I am not doing well. What's the matter with me? Um, because that is the message in culture, that it's not okay to, to share your uh, vulnerability. It is not okay to really f- feel like, yes, you are a combination of success, but also a failure of doing things really well but also messing up or needing uh, more attention sometimes or needing certain things and having those feelings does not make you a bad person or a weak person, actually the opposite. When we open up and share, that's when power comes for most of us. When you share those prayers of joy and concern, like Kelly was sharing about her sister or something that's, or Dolores being in need of our prayers and support, that's great power. It doesn't feel like it. It doesn't feel like it because that's what the culture tells us. But if we follow the way of Jesus, if we really take this seriously, this way leads us to greater life. Most people would tell you, once they have an experience of deep openness with God, of really bringing your whole self before God or before someone where you can trust and share, it really brings a lot of hope and joy to a situation. The same is true of nations. When when they have wars and fight, at the end of the day, what works out is that people come together and share and agree to work on a solution for a problem instead of just using military force. So again, What does that look like in your life? How would that be for you as you enter into those places of deep vulnerability? Give yourself permission today. Jesus is going to Jerusalem, we're remembering that, and today it's an invitation for us to go with him into Jerusalem. Whatever Jerusalem might look like for you, you might be on top of the world right now. Your life might be just going great, and that's wonderful. But you know that the world is in deep pain. So you might be thinking of that Jerusalem for somebody else, for someone who is in your family or someone who's hurting somewhere. And we have plenty when we read the news and think about different countries and different nations and different uh, situations that need our prayers and need that sense of vulnerability and compassion that we can bring to them. So today I'm gonna invite you to take a few moments in your bulletin, there is a little space that says, My Jerusalem, and there's a blank. I'm gonna invite you to just spend some time with that. And actually, if, if, is Lisa, where is Lisa? <coughs> Sitting there? Okay, Steven. all right, Lisa, with Stephen. Would you mind playing some music for us so, so it's not too awkward? I know Presbyterians get kind of nervous with silence. So uh, hopefully the music will lead you to to pray. Bring this before God. Don't share it with your neighbors. You can if you want to, but I know if you're really trying to be honest, at first, you have to be honest with yourself. So open your heart, whatever is on your heart, bring it before God in prayer, and uh, we'll take like two or three minutes to do this. And trust God to bring up to you. Don't, don't manufacture stuff. Just let something rise to the top for you and offer it before God. And if you get moved to do, to do so, just write whatever comes to you. the first service we uh, showed a movie uh, or a couple clips from the movie The Way and it's a great movie and I recommend it to you. It's a great Holy Week movie because it's about a journey of a man through grief and through dealing with what that looks like for him and, and going through the depth of vulnerability through that. So I pray that as you go through this Holy Week and whatever is going on in your life and where God is leading you, as you begin to open up that to know that Christ walks this journey with us, Christ has walked this journey already, and Christ will continue to walk with you. You're not alone. And it's not victory that's at the end of the line, but love, that's really the message. It's not triumph over, over death as much as it is transformation that is waiting to happen for each one of us. I'd like to, uh, to end with a quote from David Lowes, he talks about this message of vulnerability. Um, And he says, Jesus overturns the prevailing assumptions about power and security by inviting the disciples to imagine that abundant life comes not through gathering power, but through displaying vulnerability, not through accomplishments, but through service, not by collecting powerful friends, but by welcoming children. These are small things when you think about it. Serving others, volunteering at the school, Jean, being with the children, opening yourself to to another's need, being honest about your own needs and fears, showing kindness to a child, welcoming a stranger. But they are available to each one of us and all of us every single day. And each time we make even the smallest of these gestures in faith, That is, find the strength and courage to reach out to another in compassion, even when we are afraid. We will find our fear lessened, replaced by an increasingly resolute confidence that fear and death do not have the last word. Amen.